Welcome to another episode of Stay in Your Lane. All right, Gra- glad to be here again. My name is Namir Aldura. This is my co-host Laith Albezergan. Say what's up, man. What's up? It's good that we're we're trying this again. Today is a special day. I have my very very good friend Michael Malik, who uh, you know I've been uh, having some discussions with, and I thought it would be great to have you on and try to have a discussion in general. We're talking about COVID, obviously. We're living in these COVID times, these crazy times where we're told to stay inside and not interact. And uh, myself and Michael have been having this conversation since it started, and we've debated a little <laughs> bit, and we've gone back and forth a little bit. You know, it always ends, it's so funny, when we, when we message each other, it always ends with, that's a very good point, but I don't necessarily agree with it. Yeah, that's I think true. That, that's generally how we go about it. So what's the argument with what's between you two? How? Yeah, it's not, I wouldn't call it an argument. <laughs> or we, debate. Debate, maybe. Yeah. And by the way, just so we put the disclaimer out, we're not trying to advise anyone to do anything. Yeah. This is personal opinions only. Yeah. Uh, you know, although I am a very qualified master of oh God, science <laughs> and health policy. Late guess bothered because I always have to bring it up. So, so, so yeah. As a master, master of science. Yeah. So I'm not call, bothered. It's just call me master, please. I don't want to call you master. <laughs> wow. Are we in Star Wars now? Yeah, you know, it's, it's kind of weird, right? I feel like I should have like a cloak or a robe over me. Just like Master Namir is here. Um, yeah, no. So we've been having this discussion. We've been kind of debating whether it's necessary to have the quarantine or not. And we've debated, obviously, what's interesting is we have the Swedish model in front of us. And I think that's the one that we're kind of reference to. Is it? I'm assuming. Yeah, I mean, it's one of the ones I admire, to be honest. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about, about that. We'll talk, we'll talk a little bit about it. We're now what? At about uh, how many cases now, Dave? Over 2 million. Over 2 million worldwide. Yeah. And the deaths is what? Above 60,000, I think, at this point. More even. Globally? 200. 200, yeah. 60,000 in the US, I think. That's where that yeah. number came from. Um, and then I was, obviously, I did my little bit of research about Sweden. Mm-hmm. So Sweden now sits at about 25,000 cases mm-hmm. and has about, if I'm not mistaken, 2,600 deaths at mm-hmm. this point. Um, so it's there. You're correct, yeah. Right? I'm pretty... 22,000 total, 2,600 um, disease. Yeah, okay. So yeah, so, so our discussion was around whether it's necessary to do the quarantine, you know, and, and how effective is it, and is it sustainable, uh, and then the impact to economy, which outweighs what, right? I think you sent me that article, was quite interesting about the train track yeah. thing, right? Which the is trolley, yeah. The trolley, so yeah, yeah. So, yeah so, so I, I'm, I, you know, I'm, I think it's deserves a little bit of your uh, position. So just, you know, it'd be cool to kind of just hear it from you. What do you feel? So, so you've always said that the quarantine you think is a little bit too much. Yeah. Right? Well, first of all, maybe I should also do this a bit of the same thing you did in the beginning. I just, these are my opinions and they don't necessarily represent Absolutely. any company or anything uh, I worked with today or I worked with in the past. Perfect. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it's... And I have to say it out, you know, put it out there. I'm I'm a very positive na- person by nature. Absolutely. And I, you know, I definitely would never say that quarantine is completely wrong or that's not the right approach. What I am though saying is that the way the world has gone about this is has been, well, has not been the optimal solution for something like this. And and we can. We can start debating, you know, different things. And to be honest, I've been talking about COVID nineteen for like since it began, right? We've, and yeah, we've everybody it. has. And of course, it, you kind of reach a point where you start to feel kind of sick of it. But um, to be to be very honest, I think the world has overreacted in the beginning. I still okay. believe that, and I completely understand it at the same time. So I think it makes sense for us to. You know, when you are faced with something you don't know, mm-hmm. to actually take the you know knee jerk reaction and say, okay, you know what? I don't know what's happening. Looks like very serious. Let me let go me, to the extreme. Let me go to the extreme. But what we are saying today, what I am saying today, is that I don't understand how we can continue down that yeah. path. Mm-hmm. Now that we understand a few more things about COVID nineteen, okay, we have started to see what works, what doesn't work, and we have 
you know, models like Sweden and models like other countries. There's not only Sweden, to be honest. There are others that experimented with different solutions. And now we can start to basically improve our policy making and our, you know, regulations and, and so on. But, I mean, let, let me stop here because, really, I mean, I could just go on, go on forever. Um, yeah. Maybe just... You know, let me know what you'd like to know more about. No, no, it's just like, like I said, Anya, I think the goal of this and, and the reason why I wanted to have this, because we always have very engaging conversations, right, about this. And, and even myself and Laith, mm. whether it's on the podcast or outside of the podcast, we constantly have this, this discussion like, okay, we're doing this now. How sustainable is this? What are the alternatives? What is this impact to people, to economy, to people's mm. health? Indirectly, right? So we have to keep in mind locking people in their homes Absolutely. has psychological elements, sure. uh, and then also the, the fact that the fact that people are out of work, right? There's that economic impact, which in turn will result in health impact yeah. as well, right? So, yeah. so, so we, we've we've been having this conversation. Really, what I wanted to kind of is just it's nice to always hear a different approach. Mm. And let's say in the magical world that you were in control, yeah. What would I do? Well, yeah, what, what, what would you have done mm. differently from what has been done now? Yeah, that's an easy one. <laughs> I've been thinking a lot about it. Please. To be honest, I would have done something very similar to, I guess, what Sweden is doing now uh, or has been doing. For me, it was you know, once the data started coming out and you know the first data that started coming from Wuhan and all that and I don't know if you remember all these slides everybody was sharing about you know the percentage of death and mm. the fact that you know it's really affecting only elderly uh, those who have complications and uh, you know kids are almost at no risk and you know if you're young and healthy you're you know the symptoms are going to be mild uh, I think the percentage from Wuhan was something like 86 or 87 percent of people who got it like practically was or fine, flu, yeah. or it was it was fine that they barely felt it. Um, so for me, once this data started coming out, you know, the first thing I would do is say, okay, well, I have an economy. I need to really isolate the elderly and those who are vulnerable because you know that's clearly uh, a population at risk. Okay. Um, for me, I'm, I'm you know I'm a strategist, right? And yeah. For me, I would never take a, a short term you know, decision, not thinking about what's going to happen in the long term. And for me, it was very obvious the moment you shut down your economies, you know, the long term repercussions were going to be huge because mm -hmm. you didn't know how long this would be needed True. for, right? So, so what I would have done is just basically shift all the resources. So basically make sure that those that are young and healthy can still produce. But I would have basically asked them to kind of you know, change what they do or help as much as possible in what they do to protect those who are, you know, vulnerable and weak and start increasing my, you know, capacity because, you know, everybody was talking about the capacity issue. Of course. And, and the other thing I, I wouldn't have really panicked about, to be honest, is everybody said, oh, but the healthcare system is overrun, it's going to be overrun. I'm like, but why are you assuming it's linear? Why are you assuming that, you know, we are not going to be able to adapt or change things or maybe shift you know, uh, centers and hospitals and schools and transform them. I mean, and we've seen it in China. I mean, yes, everybody said, but China is huge. It has a lot of resources. Yeah. But so is America, for example. I mean, U.S. is big, right? I mean, uh, true, we don't have the same... Discipline? Discipline. I wouldn't say discipline, but I mean, the, the structure of the, you know, yeah. the whole country. When yeah. you take a decision, not everybody necessarily follows in democracies, right? Democracies Correct. are a bit harder to implement things. But still, that doesn't mean that resources are not there. And when you're calling people to action, just like you've seen in world wars, for example, mm -hmm. people will comply and people will respond to, to that call. So, so instead of actually locking people in, and again, I have to explain this. I'm not against quarantine. I'm against locking everybody in and shutting down the economy completely. Okay. Fair. I am supporting social distancing. Yeah. If it's being implemented uh, in a smart way, that keeps as much of the economy operating as possible. So, so you're wanting basically to kind of give the responsibility to the population to mm. act maturely. Yeah. Right? That would be a I big trust, dynamic. I trust in the ability of people. And I know somebody, people will say, uh, oh, but, you know, maybe you can have the discipline, but, you know, look, people don't listen. People don't listen when they're misinformed and when you don't communicate enough to them. And I, 
and if I want to jump to the conclusion, to be honest, I think what happened, what was wrong in the world, what is wrong in the world today, is no one is communicating, really communicating to the population what's going on. But wasn't that the root of the problem with the, with the numbers coming out of Wuhan and China? Is that nobody hmm. really trusted the numbers? True, that was we're part Initially, of it. we're getting them. It was China, Iran, and a maybe handful Started of countries that had it. Italy a bit, yeah. And I remember February, January, February, we were like, yeah, okay, it's there, but it's not here yet. Mm. Yeah. And then, I don't know, I'm kind of conflicted. I agree with you that, that you know, stopping the economy is not the right solution, but I think mm. the core of the problem is it's something completely new mm. to our generation and, you know. Yeah, but is it? It is. I think we have a sh- very short-term memory. Yeah. Very short-term. Like if you're comparing to what, the Spanish flu? That's the... Any, any flu. I mean, again, what we forget is COVID-19 is a coronavirus and coronavirus existed. Like Before. This is yeah. the seventh, of I course. think. Yeah. yeah. So they've had so, like SARS, so, MERS. So we've had SARS and MERS and we've seen how it behaves. So it, it wasn't completely new. That's what I'm saying. And at the same time, yeah, again, I understand that we say, you know what, we don't know this. Let's... But that's, but that's my off. point. Exactly. Yeah. Is that if it's not the first or second or the mm. seventh time we've had a coronavirus, mm. whose responsibility is it to have the, the blueprint or the uh, playbook mm. on how to deal with viruses and such you know, pandemics? Yeah. It's so, obvious this has exposed all yeah, governments, I, I, all healthcare systems that I, they're not. Please speak into the mic. You're just kind of drifting off. That sucks when the tech guy is not yeah. even speaking <laughs> to the mic. Yeah, I know, because I'm hearing you fade in and fade out. Sorry. Yeah. But yeah, I, I'm... I'm I don't know if I'm surprised, shocked, or maybe I shouldn't be because we expected governments to, because they're the ones that are yeah. enforcing the lockdown. Yeah. yeah. So if you're going to give me a lockdown, explain yeah. to me how it works. Absolutely. And this is my, my, my concern with this. There's somebody I was talking to and he said something. Um, I won't quote the name of the guy because, you know, maybe he doesn't want to be quoted. But he said, we, we, we overestimate and we overtrust governments and, and policymakers. And we forget that the, at, the, at the end of the day, they're human beings, you know, like exactly. us, right? They can make exactly. mistakes and, you know, they can get scared. And I mean, you know, you told me if I was in power, I mean, I, it's very easy to speak about things when you are not of in course. the driver's seat. But, yeah. but I'll tell you what, but I, at the same time, I am somebody who believes that you know courage and making a difference in people's lives are the two most important values uh, I mean, for myself so i wouldn't i wouldn't have i wouldn't have reacted that quickly to shut down I w- and and you know we've had these debates before we had right? it, yeah we, um, we did, we the, did. The, the other thing is there was not i mean there was this data coming out but there wasn't sufficient scientific data and I need to answer your question. I still haven't answered it. Uh, who was responsible? In my opinion, we should have trusted the experts and we should have gone to epidemiologists and tries. But, 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 but then, okay, hold up. When yeah. it comes to the experts, it's very sensitive, right? So you had the WHO. Yeah. Didn't even think that this was... Uh, Serious. Uh, contagious. Yeah. Right? They, didn't, they, they, they follow the protocol. Right. They have a protocol, they're following it. Yeah, they went through steps mm. as they went to kind of classify this correct yeah, right? yeah. which is fair again as you said we're we're all kind of trying to understand it as mm. it's developing as and it's they coming don't want to create mass panic which eventually was created then. yeah yeah well, I, I don't think the the question should be whose fault it is maybe i, I should refer, it's, it's more like okay what did we do wrong and how can we yeah. better improve our reaction yeah i think what we did wrong very simply i mean honestly it's for me it, it keeps crystallizing day after day this the biggest thing we've done wrong, and we as, let's say, you know, humanity. Uh, humanity in general, but those who are in the power to actually take certain decisions. I mean, you and I can talk about it forever, but we don't have power, it's true, right? It's yeah. true. At the end of the day, but, but what those, power that, those people that we trusted with whatever power they have, let us say, let's say policymakers or, you know, uh, MOHs, you know, ministries of health and things like that. What, I, what, I, what they had the power to, you know, step back and say, you know what? We need to inform the population with whatever information we have, even if the information we had was peanuts, mm-hmm. right? And in the beginning, it was peanuts. Correct. We have to go out, inform the population, and say, this is what we understand so far. These are the risks that you, you, know, you, you, you will incur if you go out, as yep. far as we know. These are the risks uh, that you will incur if you are staying at home. Today, we understand that you know, if we implement a policy of lockdown for one week, two weeks, three weeks, the impact on the economy is going to be X, Y, Z. We never heard that number. Yeah. No, never, right? No one, no one made the effort. Any, Everybody any, was too worried to kind of like 
panic again. It was it, it was, was the same thing. It was it was a state of and if a policymaker to be honest, I'm be like, if I don't take the right decision now and I don't take a super safe decision, you know, people are going to come back to me and say, oh, you know, you put us at risk. But again, the, the, everybody forgot, and it's like the basic of leadership, right? We see it in corporations, and a, a lot of corporations suffer from it. Communicate. Yep. Give, give the power, empower your people, right? Your people could have heard and said, well, you know what? I find that really risky for me and for my family. I don't care about the long term. I don't care if I'm going to have psychological issues. I want to be safe today, right? And be like, you know what? I'm going to stay home. So would you have taken it like a vote? Is it like, I'm just trying to understand I the would way have that, done, that again, you're trying I, to... I think the, the Swedish model, if I understand it, and I cannot claim to be the expert on the Swedish model, but... If I understood, and what from what I heard from you know the talks with the head epidemiologists there and and so on, yeah. that they gave the choice to people. They said, "We recommend that you implement social distancing. These are the measures of social distancing that we recommend." And they left it to the people to implement. Now, usually people tell me, "Yeah, but these are Swedes, and you know, try to do that in other countries. It doesn't necessarily yeah. work." But I don't believe that. I believe that people that are informed. At the end of the day, in this one, if you think about it, who's really at risk? Those who that are at risk and you fear the disease, all what you have to do is stay home. But right? look, I, my issue is this. And it's, again, the dynamics of the Swedish. Mm. And I, we're going to kind of stick on this one, right? Because yeah. it's the most, it's the practical version. It's the version of, of what you're saying, which is they've kind of, they were very lax. I'll be honest, right? It's from a perspective of, they very is not what I would very say. lax okay. to the point where now they're they're tightening. No, they are tightening a lot of the things that they had. So initially they had they did protect the elderly. They the first and they not did, very well. Yeah, but that's what they said. They said, well, we didn't do it very well, and they explained why. Right? They said we had so many issues in communications. By you, by the way, <laughs> true that actually people did not because sometimes they have workers who are not let's say born Swedish and don't necessarily speak the language, and they realized that actually the information that was spread was not necessarily well. You know, understood. So it's an immigration problem. It was an immigration is, is problem the way partly that it was presented. But, yeah, but, yeah, but I mean, yeah, I'm trying to be a bit more politically correct. Blame the immigrants. <laughs> no, uh, but but the point is, and they they have very big, you know, houses, etc., elderly houses, and so it spread very quickly. And so they did admit that they didn't do a very great job. But still, for me, I, I have a very high respect that they said, okay, this is the population at risk. Let me protect that population. They didn't say let them die. Is that let me protect this population? Let me use those who are healthy to to help protect this this population, and let me try to get everything moving as normally as possible. If you listen to what they said, I mean, people say, oh yeah, it's all open and it's normal. It's not really like if you go to restaurants and bar. They said specifically, no, you cannot be on a bar. You're not. You can be very close to people. You have to be seated. You have to be. You know, tables have to be. You know, two and two two and a half meters apart from you. So they still. But it was fr from what I've read. So obviously, I took a little bit of time and effort uh, As you to, to, <laughs> to look into this, right? So um, they say that it wasn't enforced at all. Like there are on the streets people picnicking, shaking hands, close contact, um, bars. Groups up to 49. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but, but, but this is new, by the way. Groups up to 49, it was groups, uh, they were having uh, nightclubs and venues like that were open. 500 was the limit, right? Yeah. So, yeah, but uh, I mean, I don't know what you mean by new, but I mean. Like it was enforced over the last couple of weeks as they started to see their death rates start to skyrocket. Because um, in relation to the other Scandinavian countries, in relation to their, tw their count, hmm. they have an disproportionately high. Yeah, but they explained uh, it, right? Yeah, they explained it that it leaked into the nursing homes. Right? Well, this, yeah, this, but this, not this only that. This is where they focused, I mean, uh, focused their conversation Again, on. I'm not an epidemiologist, but if you read every, you know, well, if you listen to every epidemiologist that is out there and they're just trying to really say the truth, they're a bit harsh in the way they put it, but the total death, the total death toll will be the same, regardless if you implement a quarantine now or later. The only difference is that those who are today at risk will remain at risk. Un well, they're, they're at home protected, and they will remain at risk as soon as they step out. And the reality is, and this is what I'm saying, the reality is the moment you're going to open up, whether you're at full lockdown, partial lockdown, the moment you're going to open up over a, you know, a time frame, if you freeze it, let's say, for a year or two years, if you calculate the total death, I'm pretty sure, I'm not the epidemiologist, but I believe in that theory. 
the same number of people are going to die regardless. Now what is, you're seeing in Sweden is the highest number is, is now. Why? Because the, the mo- those that are at risk are going first, right? Is yeah, that, but this is, is that the strategy that they're, they're going with? Is that they, they know that the first two, three months we're going to have, like when they opened it up. They, they want to protect, right? They still, they, again, they didn't like say the let them die. Economy or people? No, both. People, the elderly and, and vulnerable and, and the economy, right? Because the thing is, it's very hard to balance the two, right? You say, okay, well, I protected all these guys, but then all my, all my young ones are going to die of hunger or are going to die of depression, jobless, of depression yeah. or other diseases. Everybody's yeah. forgetting other diseases. Or my children, my country's children, will not be immune because they're hidden in houses and they're exposed to the same viruses and bacteria all the time. The moment they're going to step outside. And I think the, the main difference that, that for me that I don't understand why people don't really think of it is that either you say, I'm going to be locked down forever, and I'm never going to go out Until again. a vaccine is out. Until a vaccine. But then what do you do with the other diseases that are going to come out? Do you think corona is going to be the last one? No. Uh, right? I mean, that sure. just doesn't make for sense, sure right? We've been humans on this planet for it's millions of years. So, so either you're going to say, I'm going to stay at home and I don't want to go out and this is my new being yeah. human. Mm. Or you're going to say, well, there is a reality to human beings that they cannot be confined forever. And therefore, we need to find a way that is sustainable for the long term. So, Look, Annie, for me, on, on my perspective, I would make the argument that a large number of the deaths that initially happened in Sweden because of their <clears throat> inexperience, and I'll be fair, inexperience in this situation, and they seen that it leaked in or it fell into the nursing homes because they didn't take the right protocols initially. To they weren't fast enough. Yeah. yeah, right? So I would make the argument that if a complete quarantine lockdown was done today how we behave now Mm. is completely different from where it was before the lockdown so we've learned a lot there's been a lot uh, of knowledge i feel as though yeah in terms of knowing how it's spread knowing Ah, knowledge yeah right i agree so so when i'm not disagreeing with the social distancing element or the Mm. reduced tight lockdown Mm. that you're talking about or having a swedish model today but I think that learning curve yeah. was critical for the population. But I think you would have avoided great. a lot of the deaths because, as you said, you set aside those people but, who are the high risk. But also, at the, again, in the same way, mm-hmm. uh, we have seen time and time again that there are healthy people with no immune deficiencies that are also getting yeah. sick as but well. But has it right? been always the case? I mean, this is what, what I don't want, what, what people are forgetting. <laughs> it seems the, the world has stopped with COVID-19. It's like everything else. I mean, aliens. <laughs> like the, the Pentagon actually just... You saw that? Yeah, yeah. I've seen that. That's pretty crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, Unbelievable. Right? It's crazy. I mean, but no one even noticed the, that news because everybody's focused on COVID. Yeah. I just don't understand how the world has just frozen because of that. And, and again... The reality of the situation is that we need to continue with our lives. We need... Agreed. Uh, before I go actually to that point, I wanted to make something, uh, to make a point to what you just said. Um, I understand that maybe the lockdown did help in that sense, right? But no one had had a look again at what, what, at what cost did that come? Locking down, was it really the cost we were willing to pay to for that knowledge that you just spoke about i would is i would it, argue i really? would i would argue yes because i would say look at what happened in italy look what happened in a situation Ooh, I, I, in a situation yeah. where any for me personally and i always said it my concern has never been and i don't want to sound um like unemotional yeah. it was never been around death rate yeah. Right. I, I think from the beginning, and it's misleading, and it still yeah, is. it's it's not misleading. I wouldn't say it's misleading. I think it's been quite clear, and it's still running on those numbers. Anywhere between one to one and a half percent is the actual death rate. My right? number is much lower. And and my what I believe the real number is still, if you calculate it, zero point one to zero point five percent. Because because everybody forgets that there are so many cases out there that no one ever detected. No, no, but that's it. Even at the one and a half percent, you would still be talking about. Okay. A significant amount more. So what we said, how many people today? Three million worldwide on 60,000? But again, the numbers, uh, Lemire, for me, the 3. numbers 3. are 3. meaningless, 4. honestly. Because you cannot freeze them. You cannot, 
Today, you are freezing time and you're saying, well, this is the number today. Oh my God, it's huge. It's not even huge, even by today's terms. <laughs> but yeah, sorry. Yeah, it's not, it's not huge even by today's terms. But if you, if you even give it a chance and wait for a year and then come back to me and tell me what the numbers were, then I'll have the debate with you. Tell me when we detected all the cases that were actually out there and then I'll tell you what the number is. Even if you ask, a few friends around you. Just ask this question. Maybe we should ask it on this podcast. How many do you think, how many of the audience now believe that they actually had it? You know, it's you know? funny. You were just saying that. I was thinking about a study that, the one we talked about mm. in California, mm. where the, number, the percentage they're saying is similar to the percentages you're saying, is that they suspect over 400,000 people are infected in California alone mm -hmm. that don't have symptoms. Yeah. Yeah. which brings down your, your death rate tremendously. Yeah. And, and again, I don't want to debate numbers, honestly, because I just find yeah. it futile. Because yeah. I'll bring a bunch of numbers, you're going to bring a bunch of numbers, yeah. and we're just going to debate them. It just won't mean anything, because we are no. actually just looking at a time frame that is still, for me, statistically insignificant. Sure. Do you think there'll be a second, second wave? Second wave? Depending on what you define the wave. For me, it's not gone. It's a virus, it's not gone. It will and, always be there. Like and it will flow. always be there. Like the flu, and, and yeah, this point on the flu, I have to, yeah, I have to stop a bit. All what we know in science today, as an epidemiologist that you listen to, they tell you it does behave like a flu. It is not a flu. And those who tell you that this is a flu, oh, it's, it's just not, another it's flu, not, no, 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 that's it's completely not, wrong. It's no, because it's, it's a mainstream thing, right? Yeah, it's a virus. Yeah, it's, it's it, oh, it's just another flu. No, it's not another flu. It's a virus that has a behavior that mimics the behaviors of the flu. Yeah. However, and why this is important? Because certain governments or you know, policymakers have taken decisions based on the fact of, oh, well, we know how the flu behaves. We know how, mm. we know that kids are the biggest, you know, Spreader. risk and spreaders of flu. But actually yeah. with COVID-19, they're the lowest. The, the, there actually are very few cases that have been proven that children actually transferred them to adults. So actually today, COVID-19, according to scientists, are, is not, or the, the, the age group that are the least transferring or contagious are actually the children. the children. Yet you see policies in many places in the world where they say, oh no, mm. children, keep them home. We don't want children outside. Um, so yeah. we're experiencing it here, right? Like with that, those those are the rules, right? Yeah. In, the, in the malls, yeah. No the kids. three to twelve, to be honest, in, in the UAE, I don't know where it yeah, came from, but there must be some logic. Yeah, for it, three yeah. to twelve and sixty ab and above. Yeah. My point, my point again is sixty and above. You understand, right? They they have higher chances of being at risk. But I mean, if scientific scientists are saying that the, the, the what was it three whatever the, the youngs are not, and I don't know where they draw the the, the line. But anyway, that's another point. But I just yeah. wanted to clarify. Yeah, that but that's it. I think there's always questionable data around these like age things. I think it's been proven, right? We're still yeah. trying to find information about this. But again, just coming back to the point of mm. the system, right? Mm. And for me, that was always the key point: yeah. is can the system handle the load? And I was giving the example of Italy. Yes. Right? No one can doubt and no one can make the argument that Italy did not suffer something yeah. tremendous, right? Where they had a load to their system that they yeah. could not sustain, yeah. right? Yes, they have an older population. They have a demographic that was kind of no, I'll tell, I'll tell you more about it, but yeah, go ahead. All right. And they were in a position where they were refusing to treat people. The UK mm -hmm. did that as well, right? So the UK is doing that right now where yeah. they're triaging people and determining... Based on risk. Based on risk and determining, not even risk, they're taking factors like age and, and, and but those elements. True. I mean, true, partially true. I'll, I'll explain it, yeah, but just finish your point. Yeah, so, so the point being is, my concern is, look, it was always going to be that once you introduce a quarantine, mm. and a quarantine is effective, by the nature of it being mm -hmm. effective, mm -hmm. we're going to sit and have a debate and an argument on whether it was necessary or yeah, not. It right? works because if you don't complain about it, it didn't work. <laughs> That's what you want to say. Well, well, this is it, right? Like, we don't know if you unleashed it mm. or you trusted it. So, but again, who said to unleash it? Okay. You put the trust in the people mm -hmm. uh, to behave in an appropriate way. Yeah. Right? And to social distance on their own. Yeah. To take good decisions, to yeah. wash their hands, to do all these right things yeah. and awesome things, right? Yeah. Um, that the system would be able to, to cope with it. That is the point where I struggle. Yeah, but I, I, I don't struggle, honestly, because for me, it's, it's simple logic. 
you tell people to take the right decisions, right? Not right, actually, there's no right here. The decision that they believe is the right one for themselves, right? If I am, again, if I am somebody who feels I'm at risk, that knows I'm at risk, I don't know. My sister has multiple sclerosis, for example, okay, fine. She knows she's a, she's a doctor, so mm-hmm. she continued going to work. She knew the risk, but she continued to go to work, right? Yeah. Um, my parents are elderly, but, you know, we, and they know, but then they, t- they came back and they said, listen, we know the risk now. We understand the risk. However, for example, we want to see our grandchild. We, even if this is the last month of my life, I don't want it to be in isolation. So they had a choice, right? And I'm just giving the example because, you know, I don't want to give other people's examples, but I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that are thinking the same way. The, the thing is, if I am at risk and I'm afraid, there's nothing preventing me from being home. Companies are being supportive, right? Companies said, well, you know, if you need to work from home, go work from home. Um, stay home. Even before, you know, the total lockdowns were done. So people could have been provided the choice. If you feel you're at risk, stay home. Don't do that. You know, don't go out. If you don't want to go out, don't go out. But if I am willing to take that risk, and I'll get to the point on the healthcare system yeah. pressure. The other thing, again, the healthcare you taking, system. But you taking that decision impacts my life. Not really. Why does it impact your life? You're, you're at your home hidden. You don't have any issue. That's one. The other, that's if I'm at that extreme. But again, in any scenario, what I'm doing, even if I'm responsible. Yeah, but you can go out I'm, and put I'm your mask on and, and, on spend, and have your social distancing. No one is telling you not to do your social distancing. Just let me please finish this point. And, and the other thing is that the healthcare system Yes, got pressure, and we'll talk about Italy uh, if you want. It's interesting actually when you talk to Italians, and I've been doing a lot of that recently. Um, you learn a lot about the Italian system. So what happened is that, you know, uh, if you tell, if you, if you say, you know, the healthcare system is going to be overrun, it might happen on, you know, a few case by case basis. Let's say in specific areas, they get a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. But if the policymakers. Um, or whoever has the decision, you know, or the power to do this, we're focusing actually on finding solutions versus just panicking and locking people down and actually reducing capacity. Um, because if you tell a nurse that has a, you know, a child at home, the child now has no school anymore, has to be at home, she has to be at home with him, and therefore she cannot be at work, right? And it happened a lot. In the Netherlands, that's one of the biggest problems they had actually in the healthcare system is that children ended up home and then, you know, they had to send people home to take care of those, you know, kids. Mm-hmm. So anyway, if, if we were focusing on the solution, you know, to how do I increase capacity? How do I manage my institutions? How do I, you know, transfer patients from one place to the other? France, for example, opens its borders, right? You had a lot of Italians going to France and vice versa and, and, and so on. If, for example, in Europe, you know, every, all countries worked on figuring out what is the best way to allocate the people between, you know, the different institutions or, you know, start, you know, moving to um, converting existing locations to increase capacity, right? There were so many things you could do. Was that wouldn't solve, and again, that wouldn't solve the ventilator issue, would it? No, but then, <laughs> but then not everybody would need a ventilator anyway, right? And and again, I'm telling you, the 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 first few weeks to do a lockdown is justifiable, and I don't think anyone in the world can say, well, you know, that was a bad decision. No, it wasn't because we didn't have enough information. Yeah. But information started coming up pretty early on. I mean, I'm I'm not a genius, and I'm not an epidemiologist, and I'm just reading out there and you can see see solutions you saw companies rushing to multiply you know companies multiplying the ventilator production by two times and four times and working with uh, you know the teslas and the ge's of the world and the and the fords of the world to increase manufacturing and so on and now actually we are at over almost some people are saying we might have actually started overproducing ventilators because they realize it's not the ventilator that's really it's the viscosity of the blood now that they're saying is is actually the main cause of of the um, clotting from the clotting and the issues yeah so so my point is instead of focusing our energy on just locking down and it's kind of it's kind of you face a problem in life and the first thing you do is run away from it versus find and increase your strength to kind of fight it right and then everybody talking about the vaccine nobody talking about how can we increase the natural immunity of people why why don't people start working on you know healthier habits for example to get you know, their immunity up. Instead, actually, those who exercise and actually try to keep their health had to find extreme ways to continue their exercise mm. at homes in confined environments to stay healthy. So it's kind of, 
counterintuitive sometimes. This, the same decisions that we want to protect the people are actually causing people to reduce their immunities, for example, right? Being locked at home and things like that. So, so there's, mm. there, what I'm saying is that there needed to be a knee-jerk reaction, I understand, in a couple of weeks, three yeah, weeks it's, in the it's, beginning. It's, it's this is, yeah, this, it's, we didn't know what's going on. Yeah. We're not sure the data is right. Or, but then time. after that, yeah. you have to focus every single resource you have on actually fighting this and you know building your life continuing and to be honest i think our debate is a bit futile because economy will just force force it and this is what's happening today countries are actually forced to find solutions uh, because the economy cannot take it and people are just jobless and jobless people become a problem and you have riots yeah this is this is where we are now right like we look at the u.s yeah but we didn't need (laughs) to get here this is my point i was like anybody who looks you know, at economies would have understood that this is going to be the next step because this is not a country problem. It's a global problem. And if you're multiplying, you know, unemployment on a global scale, what do you do, right? If you have unemployed in one country, people fly and yeah, work in another. Now, Where the do they go now? is like some 200 Sorry. million, yeah. 200 million people what? have been, uh, have been unemployed. unemployed. Yeah, due to the and I'll tell you something more controversial. Sorry. Now, a lot of people are going to also blame psychology and say, oh, you know, now I'm in a depression because of COVID-19. But the reality is it exasperated already existing problems. Wasn't there, weren't we headed towards a recession? I felt like we were, you know, globally. We were having We were, but we We kind of shot ourselves in the foot and really... We exaggerated it. it. We we pushed it. We gave it that extra. We exaggerated it. I mean, there are good things and, you know, I'm actually, yeah, you know, I, Again, I'm a positive person, so I am actually now writing about the positive things that came out of COVID-19, right? I do believe there was a lot of positive things. Definitely, I agree. Uh, you know, uh, the transformation in healthcare being one of them. But uh, family, mm-hmm. I would say. Big yeah, I think a lot of people are starting to forget family. So I, I don't, we can get there if you want. But yeah, for me, the main problem goes back to that trolley, you know, article. And I think the guy, I don't know if you guys share, you know, articles or things at the end of this. Uh, or links, but I think this guy sure is. Yeah, I think it, it's it's worth looking at it. What he portrayed for me in that article, like spoke so clearly. He said, "Listen, if you had to take a decision, you know, a life and death decision, the minimum that is expected of you is that you inform the person that is, you know, at the receiving front of that decision mm. on, you know, what are the risks that they are signing up for, signing up for, right." Mm. And I think very few, maybe maybe none actually um, in the world have actually done that with COVID-19. We don't, nobody, we went and started looking for our information, right? Um, we relied on social media and we know how much junk is out there, right? So people had to also filter through that noise and through that junk. There was some uh, unbelievable, <laughs> believable There things. were pictures and things coming up from things that has nothing to do with COVID-19. Using a blow dryer. Up your nose yeah, while rinsing. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, like, I, mean, I mean, they were, they were. So the craziness. <laughs> don't so, do that, people. So the only thing you want. <laughs> <laughs> don't drink Clorox. <laughs> Please bleach. We say no yeah, bleach. bleach. <laughs> I'm telling you, bleach does not work. Uh, Lysol <laughs> detail came out and they refuted that. So how do you know? <laughs> don't listen to that <laughs> nonsense. <laughs> Can I snort some Tide? No, 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 none of that. That's not going to help you out. That's yeah. So I, I, I mean, honestly. So this, if if somebody just informed us and said, well, you know what. I'm taking these policies because of X, Y, Z, and this is the risk that I see. And you as a population now have to decide. You have to decide whether you know you want to carry the risk short term, being infected, and these are the risks. And we know, you know, roughly, right? Rough I, numbers. I yeah. Rough numbers. I don't need even more exact numbers. I mean, if you tell me you have, the, you have an 86% chance to be okay, I'm fine with that. You might not be, right? I'm just saying, somebody tell me, what do you know today? Mm-hmm. And tell me, okay, you take now the, your decision. Do you want to continue your work? You know, the, the problem is that today, a lot of people were not given that choice. You were told to shut down. Companies were told to shut down. So mm-hmm. basically you told people, well, you know what? There's a risk on somebody who might get infected, who might die if he is not very you know, well quarantined, etc. But you are definitely going to lose your job. You are going to definitely lose your livelihood and you are definitely have to figure out a way to survive and your children to survive. Uh, I think in every... And, and a new reality. And everyone was like, but I wasn't given the choice. Maybe I don't want that. But I think in every scenario, there is someone on the shitty end, right? Yeah, but this is globally <laughs> and this is the problem. 
if it was in, in a place, if it was localized, if it was something that we said, well, you know what, if you don't like it, go find something somewhere else. Well, you'd, you can't find a job somewhere else if this is what we're doing here. But on a global scale, what do we do? I mean, honestly, I, I think of our children. I don't care about myself right now, right? I mean, a lot of people can manage, especially adults, right, and who have gone through things in life, and you know, even then, I'm not sure. But children, I mean, children that are just growing in this environment, growing and looking at people around them wearing masks everywhere, actually not being able to leave houses in certain yeah, countries can't even socialize. for yeah. weeks, yeah. for weeks, for months now. Um, how is that how is that going to be for that development how is that going to be for the immunity system how is that going to be for that future what kind of future i'm going to spend probably the next i don't know i don't want to be pessimistic in this case so let's be optimistic right economies are going to recover hopefully you know in two years two years start recovering and what have you so basically it's going to take the average household around 2 to 5 years to actually maybe go back to the same livelihood that they were at today Probably, yeah. How is that going to impact? So those children that are, you know, at two years old and seven, so between two and seven, you know, between two and eight, this is the biggest development for children. How are they going to be developing, right? I mean, today we do homeschooling and we do online schooling. My, my child is in front of a laptop, you know. I don't How know if she's two years, <laughs> two years, almost three years now, you yeah. know, sitting in front of a laptop, right, for, for hours and hours and then can't get the exercise that she needs to exercise because she cannot go out. She lives in an apartment, not even having the chance to be, let's say, in a villa or having a garden to go to. Yeah. And then, you know, how is she going to develop? You know, I, I genuinely worry about this generation. And I'm saying, what I'm saying is, no one asked me if the risk was worth it. I don't believe the, 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 the risking my child and my future and the economy's future and a wider population, 80%, 86%, basically of the population who is not at risk, I'm risking yeah. their lives, really their lives, over the long term, and I'm damaging it. No one can For the sake me. of the 14%. For, for Not necessarily the 14 for the sake of the 14% that I will be able to better protect if I actually use the 86% to protect the 14% and increase the capacity and maybe find the cure quicker because we had 10 people working on it versus one person who is not at home. <laughs> you yeah. know? This is where I see the world should have gone, you know, to basically loop back to the beginning. This is where the, the world should have gone, and we should have used our resources to do that. I, again, optimistically, I do believe this is the natural trajectory that human, humanity will have to follow, right? Look, it's clear. It's clear now we're at a stage where we're going to have to come out of this, this quarantine phase, right? It's, it's, it's coming, right? That's some, another risk, some, by the way. Some new form. What do you mean? How you come out of it. How? How do you prioritize? Based on what? Who How starts? do you prioritize? What do you mean? So let's say you're a country that went on a full lockdown. Yes. What do you open first? How do you know? Do you know if it should be the schools or it should be the malls or it should be the Well, look, parks, if you're asking me pers personally, look, I think everything should open up except for the schools. But I'm then, not a then fan why did you lock it? Hmm? Then why did you lock? Because the moment because you're going to open up, you're going to get the same issue. No, no, because now we're at a, at a stage where we understand maybe we've built up the capacity, which I think is one of the reasons. We bought some time to build capacity. Yeah, we, I, think we that was, that was I think that was a big thing. The big thing mm -hmm. of, of, of mm -hmm. the quarantine is just to buy some time to better understand how yeah. we can... And build the capacity, right? Yeah. I think here in, in, in Dubai, capacity. in yeah. Dubai, they've created yeah, the that trade was, center, yeah. you know, and I think that's a phenomenal thing. Yeah, very and again, thinking. I think I think you're right, and I don't think there is one size fits all solution. No. What I'm saying is the approach, though, should have been with the mentality of growth and not of a what mentality you, of fear. What do you think of travel, uh, yeah, air travel? Oof. I don't want to get on a plane. I don't feel comfortable getting on a plane. I don't, and you know what? Even if I get on the plane, I don't feel comfortable staying in a hotel room. That's the other thing. I don't, <laughs> I don't have the confidence. Honestly, if somebody would tell me today you can get COVID-19 and get over with it, I would do, I would do it. Yeah, but okay, that's under the assumption that you're, it's an immunity thing and you can't get it again, which is not proven to this point. Not even again, right? get it there again. People. It's just that I want to get it over with, to be honest with you. And I just, but I'm just confident not, that my immunity is strong enough to get over it. It may not function in that way right yeah, you, you may get you, you may again. get it yeah, you so may what? get infected again so what? the flu you get it every year yeah but that's under the assumption that you are at a lower risk or you won't have a no but that's what i'm saying or it won't mutate that, that, that is what i'm saying again i'm taking an informed decision based on what i understand the risk factors to be and i'm saying well 
given the risk factors surrounding somebody like me, a male of 39 year, 39 years old, healthy, exercising, taking his vitamins, you know, implementing, I'm not going to go out there and kiss everybody, right? Yeah. Yeah. Implementing normality and actually socializing with yeah. people. And Are you shaking hands? I, if somebody wants to, I shake their hand. But honestly, I don't want to force it on people. And again, by the way, that's another issue I have. That's so weird. Right? That's another issue I have. It's because, no, don't get me started on that one. <laughs> no, Shaking hands is gone. This is going to be something in 50 years. People are going to look at I it and be like, what to, the hell? I refuse to let it go. Oh, the, except for Michael. Yeah, I the one, the, <laughs> I refuse to take basic humanity out of our human lives. I'll tell you why. Have you walked? Uh, you probably did. But look at us, people at the shop. Mm. With a mask, people are literally miserable. Everybody is miserable. Nobody is even saying hi. I make an effort, by the way, to say hi even behind the mask. Me too. Yeah, and, and try to smile to see. I was experimenting the other day. If I smile, if you, people can, can they see, tell from can your see, eyes? Can people tell from my eyes? Actually, yeah. they do, which is a good news. Uh, but I was like, oh my God, what the world is happening, what's happening to the, to the world. And yeah. it's the, what I fear is that it becomes the norm and people think that it's normal. It's not normal. It's... It's exceptional. It shouldn't be the case. And, and again, I, 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 I don't want to live in a world that's like that. You've just honest. covered so much, right? Because like, I'm just trying to like COVID-19, process. you can't really. You can't no, no, really. Because <laughs> <can't really, laughs> it touches everything. And then you, ha- you, t- you have the social aspect. Then you have the Without human aspect. Right? We, you have we, the healthcare aspect. You have the economy aspect. We are living in a very unique time, right? We're, we're all going through this experience. We're all learning as we're going on. Uh, again, Again, um, my at its core, yeah, right, and I, and I want to reiterate this, yeah. right, at its core, I honestly feel as though the capacity building was necessary because I think for me, uh, and I repeated that over and over again, the only concern I really had, put the numbers to the side, yeah, was can the system sustain? Because the fear of a system not being able to sustain mm. or have the capacity to cope mm. is that you run a risk of other complications, other people with yeah. other conditions. You have that being, reality. That's true. Yeah, being unable yeah. to That's get true. treated. And, and then true. that snowballs into That's something true. bigger, right? That's true. But what, what I'm saying is exactly the same. I'm saying, yes, that was a risk. And yes, we saw it. But it was, for me, a bit premature to say, no, we will not be able to manage. We, we kind of like said, oh, the healthcare system can never manage. Why? I mean, it's not linear. It's not going to stop here. It's, it, it's, it, it, was, it was, for me, very weird to assume that, you know, People are not going to find solution to something like this to create more capacity. I mean, and you see it in Sweden. They tripled it uh, almost overnight. Maybe not overnight. It took a bit longer, but they tripled every single country that you know of, except maybe very poor countries. I don't know. And I don't want to even jump to conclusions there. Maybe they can, and I'm underestimating them. Every single country who has relatively okay economy has managed. And again, everybody assumed that, you know, that this is, oh, look at what's happening. Have they managed because of the quarantine or have they managed because of... No, and I, I honestly <laughs> think, and I honestly think people were misinformed, and I think time will tell. I hope I was wrong because then it was it would be really tragic comedy. I think a lot of people have had it already, and they just didn't realize it. So I think a lot of the people that we think are we're protecting actually don't need the protection. But I mean, I again maybe time will only tell that. But um, Italy, I just wanted to say something about Italy. When you start talking to Italians. And you try to understand the system. So I have friends, they have a grandmother, 86-year-old. Yeah. And, uh, well, you know, and she has friends who are 96 and 97-year-old. Uh-huh. And they kept visiting her. They kept seeing each other. Okay. These are, I mean, how do you tell somebody who's been to world wars, <laughs> you know, that's yeah, exactly. going to hide stay, stay home. something, right? Yeah, they luck. just didn't get it, right? And the 86-year-old got sick. And then she... Went to the hospital, had the pneumonia, pneumonia, and then she went out. Um, and she's fine. And everybody in her household, so the, the parents were still living with her. You know, in Italy, they have that culture. And yep. I'll is, start explaining yeah, that's that. A, yeah. yeah, that's a big thing. None of them got infected. They kiss her every day. They tell me, I kissed her every day before they knew that she was sick, right? Mm-hmm. None of them got infected. So how many people out there are like that? That we, Even before, we think that it started in January or, you know, end of December, right? Maybe it was before. Nobody knew. Were they, were they you know. not? 
inspected? Like, did they get tested and showed zero? But they yeah, don't test them now because you know they're yeah. not at risk. They don't didn't she, so, so show any symptoms? Okay, yeah, yeah. So, so they could have been infected, but they have zero that's symptoms. That's what boggles my mind. Is yeah. That so, so again, why people get it and why people don't get it? Like, I mean, we've all, I think we've all had that because what they're saying now: Am I infected mm-hmm. or not? Mm-hmm. And now they're saying, I don't know if that's true. If it has been proven, I don't remember reading anything. You know, I read this a week ago and I didn't see anything else. They're saying now it starts with the gut. It actually doesn't hit your respiratory system. It starts with the gut. And then either it evolves and, you know, spreads and then starts hitting the lungs mm-hmm. or it doesn't. That's, yeah. that's the first time I hear that. Yeah. It starts with I'll the send you a, a few respi- articles on that. Respiratory, right? It, it is respiratory. It becomes respiratory. That's what they're saying. It's just, just sitting there like any other, like there's a lot of other viruses in our bodies, right? They're just sure quiet, you know. Dormant. No, but I heard that the gut element or the stomach element, the acidity kills the virus. Yeah, that's but that's it's not, it's apparently still maybe lives in your intestines or something. Was this like a, yeah. like a solid, like a journal, like a well it's a, it's a It's a scientist. I mean, it's a scientist-based study, right? I mean, it's not scientific study. I mean, it's not a, it's not somebody. It's not thing. just an I opinion or an editorial yeah. or something like that. But, uh, but, but, but again, I, I mean, regardless of what it is, uh, going back to Italy. So Italy is a very peculiar country, right? The elderly, there is a lot of elderly, and we know demographically they have that. But even culturally, they're very close-knit. And, Mm. you know, the social gathering and the grandma and the grandpa is something very important as part of the family, right? And the other very interesting healthcare factor that I didn't know about and that explains the spread, that Mm. I was like, what's going on in Italy? What's going on in Italy is that apparently in the healthcare system, when somebody's sick, Mm. they, they all have a community doctor. There's one doctor, a GP of some sort, that everybody goes to. And the first thing that happens when you get sick is you go to that doctor. So what was happening is that a lot of people feeling certain symptoms, they might have had it, they're going to that hospital, to that doctor. Same doctor that was... The same doctor. And then you wow. have all the population in that community go to that one doctor. And that's the, the spread. So he's, he's, but whatever... Patient yeah. zero or eight, you know, the, the main agent. It might agent. not be the doctor. It might be in the waiting room, right? Everybody's waiting mm. to see that doctor yeah. and they're just getting infected. And that's what happened. And now they changed it apparently. But I didn't know that about Italy. No one knew. And again, I, this, just, this is just a point to say that, you know, don't tell me, oh, look at what's happening in Italy. Look at what happened. Each just, case is different. Just study, study the cases. Put the effort to actually realize what's happening. To My understand. situation, our situation in the UAE cannot be the same as the situation in True. the US. We yeah. have already, you know, large spaces. We, we are able to live, let's say, in, in bigger homes. Younger population. We have a younger population. In general, very healthy population, very, you know, sports yeah. driven, etc. I mean, yeah. weather is not the same. And you just can't, you can just not copy paste policies everywhere in the same way. I agree. I look, look. There are there are points I definitely agree. Although, like I said, you know, and and you know, you've, you've been very eloquent in expressing yourself. I still feel there are a lot of flaws uh, in in the same way that you're saying the Swedish model is one to be emulated, mm. right? And and I'm, I may be taking you taking your words out of yeah. You are taking. Of, I don't want to say that. Say okay. Exactly that. Uh, yeah. Looking at the Swedish model, Mm. again, Mm. and just to touch on the point that you've just said now, the Swedish model is very unique to Sweden because of the demographics of Sweden as well, right? Mm -hmm. More than 50% of the population lives on their own. Mm. So by default, they're socially distanced. Yeah. (laughs) Right? (laughs) So they're they're a population. And then the population that got hit the hardest in Sweden... The old age homes? No, was the, the immigrants, as you were saying. Right. Was it? Yeah, it was. Oh, okay. So, so the majority of oh, the cases were that, and that's why mm. he says, in terms of the communication, that we didn't communicate very well with the population in terms of the immigrate the immigration population in what, in how to conduct. And they, they by default don't necessarily live in the best hygiene. Yeah, possible, right? Same thing. Busy, packed places, families all together on top of each other in, in that dynamic. But again, the point that I'm trying to make is that. The Swedish model, if you want to consider it as mm. effective, mm. I still don't think it's you effective. You cannot assess it now but, anyway. Yeah, I, I think it's too early to assess. And I think, look, what they've done now is they've started to tighten it up because they've seen it kind of get out of control. The epidemiologist, uh, Andre, I want to get his mm. name right. What's his name? Andre, you have to look it up. Andre something. So he's the main guy, the father behind this whole strategy uh, in Sweden. Uh, he's very specific Mm. about his and he's not wanting to really kind of fold on it and now he's starting to get a lot of pressure because of the 
flaws. I wouldn't say flaws, or because of the the situations that are happening out of it. I agree with you. It's too early to determine if the, it was very. The last very article. So sorry to interrupt you, but the last article I read is exactly the opposite. They're saying, "Oh, finally, it's proven its success." The WHO has so now. Andreas Tegnell. Yes, Tegnell. T e g n e l l Tegnell. Yeah, yeah, maybe it's spelled yeah. or pronounced differently in Swedish. Sure. Sorry if we're mis. Res- mispronouncing your name Andreas Andreas Tegnell Tegnell anyways um, so yeah so I know the WHO has come out and said uh, yeah we are looking at the Swedish model as a potential uh, let's say model to follow uh, but again it's too late it is too late and no, I wouldn't say it's too late look there is a second phase too late for the economy or too late no, for too the late, too late to follow the model because if you're already on lockdown there's no way you can follow the model anymore no, you just come out. Yeah, but you come out. You need to come out very slowly. The same guy, Andre, says, if you are on full lockdown and you say the next day, oh, it's open, you're going to get, then you're going to get the healthcare system uh, overrun, right? Because then everybody is going to just... It's going to surge again. Yeah. So, so again, that's what I'm saying. How do you get out is another thing. Um, I'm actually part of an INSEAD group um, that is, you know, basically having debates and talks and trying to real, mm-hmm. you know, plan on what is the best way and strategize on the best way for different countries to come out of this. But I mean, the reality today is that um, it's a it's a hit and miss approach. I don't think to, today anybody can tell you what is the best thing to do, right? I mean, and, and look around the world. It just really depends on what works best for the economy, right? With without maximizing the risk. Um, on the population. So um, I, I just want to, how, how much time do we still have? We have time. We okay. have time. Talk. Um, for me, the, the key takeaway, that, or the key takeaway in my message is that choice should not have been taken away from people. In the beginning, I understand. It's like, you know, in a, yeah. you're heading to a, to, a, you know, to a catastrophe and you can see it. And then you say, well, you know what? I can see a catastrophe. Uh, you know, I have to take immediate action. Everybody should, whatever, do this or yeah. that, right? Um, but then you start seeing other information. And then yeah. the normal thing you should have done uh, is go out and inform your public, your population, not assume that they're stupid or that they're not able to follow instructions. Give them the choice. These are the risks, short-term, long-term, take your decisions. Again, because in this particular case, you didn't, taking one decision did not take the liberty out of the decision maker on the other side, but it did if you flip it, right? If I am somebody who wanted to go out and continue a normal life and go work, for example, I have been prevented. So my freedom has been taken away from me. But the person who could have stayed home and protected himself taking that decision, he has had always but would that have been isolated, oh, probably most likely. But they isolated. want to be isolated. This is the thing. No, no, right? no. But I guarantee I mean, you, to, I can assure you, mm. and and knowing human nature, mm. nobody well, wants to. No, no. The cor- the cor- the corporation, the corporations. I think businesses yeah. as a whole yeah. would have directly or indirectly punished those that wouldn't have been willing to go out and work. No, they wouldn't be if they have been, again, that's your policy maker. This is what the policy maker's job is, right? You say, I'm giving this information, Switzerland. They told people to go back to work. They're starting to go back to work, right? But they told them you have the choice to go back to work. Yeah. You can stay home. But and you have no and they said that nobody can take you know, there will be no repercussions for those who decide to stay home. That's uh but, yeah. that, but then you can easily tie in yeah, but that's a better. redundancy plan with but the that, people that are not showing up. But that's better than zero. Today you have zero zero productivity almost. I mean, people are just hiding homes. And it depends. Again, corporate. Big corporate don't have a big problem. I mean, you know, it's actually a very nice experiment to see if people can work from home. Remotely, yeah, yeah, working right. remotely, which but I think small is small businesses, uh, entrepreneurs, like these guys, you're basically killing them, you yes. know, right? I mean, I just, I mean, the, the, for me, there is no, at this stage, the, the, the price of that, the, the little benefit that we got from it, in my opinion, does not justify the price we had to pay. Put yourself in a situation where you're hesitant. Mm. So let's put that scenario out there. Like you give the decision to the people. You tell them the risk is 85%, 86%. Go out, 
Um, if I knew the number, but so let's, let's assume. Let's yeah. assume they knew the number. They yeah. say there's an 86 percent chance of getting infected. Uh, of get uh, no 86 percent chance that you're fine. There's okay. a 15 percent chance of you getting eight, something 14, that is you know detrimental that could make you really sick. Let's say. Yeah. You are hesitant. You work for. Michael, you work for Namir, who mm. owns a small, medium business. You're mm. a waiter, mm. average. You need your income day in, day out. Mm. Yet, you do not feel comfortable mm. with that ratio. Mm. But realize very clearly mm. that if you don't go in, they will hire someone else in your place. If they find someone else. But yeah. okay. If they find someone else, most likely they will. People are always looking for jobs. No, but uh, it's the same dilemma for any other person, right? Yeah, but they're... I'm sure you put that out to the population. People are there's, you're gonna find someone. Okay, right? okay. But it's, let's say on the let, same ratio. Let's take it to so out of every hundred, you'll have fifteen yeah, people yeah. willing to go. Let's yeah, say, yeah. take that same scenario. That have been laid off from somewhere else. Yeah. Right. You now go. You go to the. You go to your job as a waiter. You feel uncomfortable because mm. you're not happy with the situation. You feel the pressure. You get sick, or you don't get sick. Yeah. You're, someone in your house gets sick because of that. Yeah. What does that do? For that person, how does that person? In, two in, things here. One, and, and haven't you taken the choice out of his hands? Sh- sure, two things. I haven't taken the choice out of his hands. It's just a difficult choice. I haven't taken the choice out of his hands, right? And just to tell you, we do these choices every day. Like when we travel. I mean, a lot of people work and travel every week. Do you think they want to go on the plane every week? They want to take that risk every week? No, but they do it because they decided, well, you know, it's worth it. For my family, for whatever it is, I want the livelihood that is associated with it. So we take these kind of decisions mm-hmm. in our normal life. It's a, it's a, ver- it's a very similar decision that, they, that this person is having to take. So he's taking if, that, that thing, he's putting it in an equation yeah, and that, saying this is worth it. If that person says, well, you know him, what, my him. life, is what I value the most. And I think you know that risk is not something I'm comfortable with. I don't want to take it. They'll say, I don't want to go to the job. They might say, well, you know what? I'm going to stay home and become a writer. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm going to figure out something else yep. that they want to do. Again, it's a choice. It's a difficult choice, but it's a choice. Yep. But you cannot tell the owner, shut down your business, lay off 10 employees because one guy is not comfortable. Oh, fair. No, it's, it's, a, it's a very well struck. Like, again, I, I, I appreciate the way you're positioned. It makes sense. It makes sense. There's a lot of sense behind uh, the points that you're making. I get that concept of choice uh, and no choice, right? In, this, in the social distancing scenario, you're giving the choice to the people. Further. Mm. My other concern is the moment you tell people that if there is a big bad wolf out there, to quote my, my daughter, there's a big bad wolf out there, you're going to keep, if it suits you, you're going to keep creating big bad, big bad wolves. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it happens in all countries, but certain countries can really benefit from boogeyman? something like this. Yeah, the boogeyman, right? I'm at risk of losing power. Mm, you know what? COVID-19 is the best thing for me. People, hide at your home. You know, there's this big monster outside. You know, I, don't challenge me on any decision. I'm only caring for your lives, right? Everybody stays yeah, home. Yeah. You can, again, I think you can do it for only a certain amount of time because I do believe human beings are social by nature yeah. and that you know even those who are very happy today and I, there are people who are very happy today I mean if you talk to different forums there's always a few not a few I think quite a, a few that are actually saying you know what I like this you know in a, in a way and then you know I'm not I had actually a friend say I'm not sure how to go back to normal life anymore yeah. like I I'll be honest I'll be honest yeah. can I if I'm to be honest I'm it's not necessarily about the the work, right? So I'm not take, put work to the side for a bit. I'm enjoying the family dynamic now in the new unquarantined, yeah. unhardcore. Like so, now I have the option to go out between six a.m. till ten p.m. Yeah, uh, you know I can move around, yeah. which is important for me. Yeah. Uh, we've always been fortunate that we have the villa and we have the space to run around and stuff. But yeah. I kind of like the family. Element. I yeah. feel like my kids have learned to be yeah, closer. Yeah, and that's with one of the positives, other. right? That's Absolutely. what I was saying. Absolutely. So, yeah, maybe what we realize, what I think a lot of were talk, people were talking about it, right? That the future of working is it's actually going to be a remote, right? So, so again, that's something maybe as a catalyst to it, right? So, I'm not saying that's bad. Yeah, no, that's not bad. But again, that's a choice. True, right? Yeah. Oh no, fair. I that's think a choice. But I mean, think about. I'll give you the other extreme, right? I have a, f- a colleague. I mean, he, he's, he's, he's a triathlete, 
Mm-hmm. So he keeps really training very hard. His training has been stopped, basically, mm-hmm. or very, very damaged. Yes. He lives alone in yes. one apartment. He was going through depression. I mean, the, the poor guy, like he was... So, so you were on this side happy spending more time. I was happy spending more time with my daughter, etc. And then there are people that are yeah, alone. There are people yeah, that are alone. Yeah, so these course. people had... I mean, it must be damaging, to be honest. It must be how, no matter how strong you are or your personality, it's good to reflect, it's good to meditate, all of that. Yes, I agree. Some good things come out of it. But at the end of the day, choice cannot be taken away from people. And that was my biggest problem uh, with, with all of this. And again, the other extreme, and, you start, and I don't want to go into conspiracy theories, but then you start going into the realm of, oof, you know, some people actually want this, some people can get power Yeah, we'll, this. we'll set that to the side. That's yeah. like, yeah. We'll I don't keep, believe in a lot we'll of keep these. Keep those conversations yeah. for another time. But uh, look, I, I, I really liked it. I think we really covered a lot. We, I guess the theme of the story is choice, right? It makes sense. No, it is, seriously. Yeah, it, seems it, is. To be, it seems to be it is. at its core. It's interesting, I think, you know, in hindsight, we'll have that ability to kind of look back. I hope we'll have the ability and the data to look back and see what was the right decision yeah. if things were taken in the right way. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is, again, our own opinions, yeah. right? And I want to be clear about that. We're not trying to say how things should have been done or what, what should have been done and what's correct and what's not correct. This is a personal feelings uh, for myself, for Michael, for Leith. Um, you know, it is what it is, and, and, and we're going to live through that and see how things play out like everyone else. Thank you very much. Thank you, Michael, for coming. Thank you, uh, you Laith, as usual. Thank you, Namir. And thank, thank you, Thank you, guys. Listen, Thanks, again, as usual, please subscribe down. Show us some love. Put your comments. Ask questions. If you have any ideas you want us to talk about, any sort of people you want us to see, we have a pretty good network. And uh, hit us up with a like. And see you soon, man. Much love. Check you guys later. Thanks.